Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Glitter Boys. Yes. Hey, NPC. Hey, Matthew. What does Rifter number seven and Inception have in common? Uh, what does it have in common? Brom. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> uh, really, really sorry about that. But it is, it's another great Brom cover. <laughs> it is. I, I will never get tired of his gaming book covers from Dark Sun yeah. through Nightbane to anything else that he's done in the Palladium catalog. I love Brom's art so much. And then you immediately open it and you turn to uh, Apollo's fantastic, uh, very cartoony, <laughs> very, yeah. very not Brom. Well, no, he has a couple of styles in this. So we're talking about Apollo Okamura, who has done a number of pieces throughout Rifts and Palladium and stuff for the over the years. He's got the art right on the inside cover, which is kind of this, uh, you know, slightly... <laughs> dark heavy metal thing going on but then mm-hmm. later on he's got this kind of action superhero style going on yeah he's I, I like a versatile artist i do too yeah so you guys are familiar with this we're actually starting to get uh get some serious numbers behind this rifter run we're doing like seven like we're we're, we're within spitting distance of 10 yeah uh this one opens with a sad note uh, dedicated to the memory of somebody who uh felt him kevin whitlock who I notice his name is as a contributing writer. So I wonder, uh, I have to now have to look back through and see which one he wrote. Yeah. Nah, anyway. Yeah. It follows the, the typicals, uh, yeah. you got coming up next, you've got, uh, your table of contents. What's going on. There's mm-hmm. actually some interesting stuff in here. I like when I like that they moved an awful lot to fiction. Like there's every, everything after page 70, is just like playing in the world with authors and artists. I don't feel that we get enough Palladium fiction. So every time it pops up in a Rifter, I love it. Agreed. Like Mech Warrior, ton. D&D, like literally the Amazon rainforest worth of books have been printed (laughs) because of of D&D. And that's just Dritz or Drizzit or whatever the heck you want to call them. (laughs) Yeah. I suppose, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that Ari Salvatore is single-handedly responsible for climate change. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> See, I don't, I really don't know what I was going with that. This is uh, an interesting, you know, Kevin starts it out with his, from his desk, his uh, page, page and a half blurb about what's going on. And I know we've said it before, I really like these. And I especially like this one, which is, why are Palladium books so often delayed? <laughs> like we like to tease, but it's, but it's great fun. You know, we, we have nothing but affection for this company and for the people who work there. And I love how raw and real he is in this. And I, I just, I, I really like how he, he always takes you on the journey he's having as a company just pulls behind that curtain. Yeah. I, and I, I've mentioned this before, but I do love the fact that these rifters, as we are diving through them, give us a nice look into the the history of the company, at least starting yeah. from the the late nineties. Uh, he he goes in to talk about this about how um, how long the the lead time is. 
problems with publishers, the fact that he is, and probably everyone around him is wearing a ton of hats that it's, it's actually a small company comparatively, you know, it's just, it's, uh, fuck. I mean, I, like at the end of it, I just kind of felt for him. I'm like, I'm, I feel bad. I've made those jokes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is also back in July, 1999. So I think he'll, he's over it one way or the yeah. other. <laughs> Yeah, after that, we get some news of coming attractions and things that are coming, which is fascinating because the what's coming up next is like the very next page after everything's being delayed. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice uh, <laughs> compare contrast here. And they talk about the novels. I've read yeah. one and a half of the Rifts novels that are talked about here. They're pretty good. What they do talk about here that has been mentioned many, many times since the novels were published are issues with the first one. The first novel, Sonic Boom, you know, it's a good story. I like mm-hmm. the characters, but it had some major editing issues. Uh, if I think, if I understand correctly, the story is that the wrong draft was sent to the publisher. Yeah. I, apparently, they, they, like it was so bad, their experience, that they would not work with that publisher again. And he went to great pains to say that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like... Like he wasn't even happy with the paper it was printed on. So, yeah, yeah. You know, as a person who's who's worn a lot of hats uh, over the years and often at the same time, like there's a certain, you know, there there is. And I'm not going to spend the entire podcast talking about this opening page, but there there is a certain thing where you're you are busting ass, right? You are literally busting ass over and over for as long as you can, and 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 you know, Kevin and Palladium have a bit of a reputation of being like bad to the the people that that work with them from time to time, or at least specific individuals. But there's a part of me that has a great deal of sympathy for it because, I mean, granted, this is his vision and it's his baby, but anyone who is willing to put that much passion into it, I'll, I'll forgive a few snapping at people's, you know, or or being yeah. a bit of a dick. Any anyone who believes that long and that hard and is willing to put that much effort into it. I'm a Kevin Simbita apologist, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think that's a problem. No shame. But yeah, we get some more coming attractions after this. You know, again, as you say, standard drifter format at this point. They're starting to nail down the structure. It's it's the drifter. You know, there Mm -hmm. you go. Uh, I think at least looking through this list of coming attractions... We're now getting into a more solid list of predictions. I think Mm -hmm. that of all the ones that are listed here as coming, there's only one that never did. And that was Ninja Turtles second edition. Yeah. But again, a licensing thing that they often suffer from. Oh, look what I got this week. Rifts, the butts edition. I I got myself the original paperback butts just just one to kick around <laughs> and it's it's dog-eared perfectly and you remember what i was talking about that printing thing yeah where you get the, the little the, peeling cover yeah it's just like i remembered it i'm pretty <laughs> sure that cover started to peel the moment you picked it up that was a problem that i had with a lot of my palladium books in the past yeah yeah uh they talk about system failure which is you know we already did that please see our past episode yeah. Uh, <laughs> Y2K, it is, it is one of their most dated <laughs> capsule mm-hmm. games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a, a night at the dinner table. It's a it's a TPK, which uh, NPC is not fond of. Well, I understand his 
frustration, you know. Yeah. BA is just I'm surprised that he still runs this game after <laughs> like I would have ditched this party after six strips. <laughs> yeah, th- there's a backstory here, but they never mentioned the size of the town or its location. And I'm I'm thinking it's a small town. Like these are the entirety of the nerds. There's there's one store in town. I know that there's one store in town, but every time that they've gone to the store, there have been other groups. And I know That's that they true. have rival groups. And those rival groups That's actually true. have their own spinoff strips, which Yeah, I have to go back and a, read all like, these. I remember again. The, the GM of the rival group is like this big buff military guy or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a yeah. I mean, they're angry. It's a dysfunctional yeah. group. They're going to do that. So have you, Matthew, ever seen are you familiar with the 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 great comic actor Howie Mandel? Yes. Yeah, so back in 1989, he and that other great legendary actor of the time, Fred Savage, got together and they made a movie. And that movie was called Little Monsters. Have you ever seen this movie? Mm-mm. Okay, so Little Monsters kind of capitalizes or was riding the tail end of the group of kids going on some kind of a crazy weird adventure thing that was happening at that time. Mm-hmm. Monster Squad, the Goonies, that kind of stuff explorers anyway little monsters was about a monster who i think his name was maurice or martin or it was an m name he came out from under fred savage's bed and uh Mm -hmm. lured all the kids into the evil world under the bed where they're like hey come here we're monsters we fuck shit up because it's great we don't have any rules we don't have to answer to anybody we don't have to do homework come and party with us oh but if you stay past sunup you're stuck here forever. Okay. So this next section of the Rifter, this Nightbane material here mm-hmm. written by uh, Chad Rasnick, is basically mm-hmm. the Little Monsters movie. So he he made a setting out of Little Monsters. I don't think it ever comes out and says it right here, but this is 100% the entire plot of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do like like the uh, the 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 levels of adventuring here because this is very this is a kids on bike kind of kids on bikes kind of thing yeah like i i also felt that this was a uh like this 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 was a a niche part of the of the game where it was certainly more appropriate to younger pcs mm-hmm. yeah this would definitely be a kind of adventure that you could take a group of kids on now setting mm-hmm. up some kids in a palladium game hmm Mm. Yeah, you might just want to hand it to them and then run them through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how every every system has like uh, the basic edition. Like you yeah. know, even even old D anD D had like you know basic, and Hackmaster has basic, and um, yeah, you know, like all, all all the real complicated ones have have a basic edition. Palladium needs some sort of intro version that they can give away for like five bucks. Uh, yeah, like a starter set. Yeah. They need a starter set with a little adventure. Yeah. Why hasn't this happened? Well, this is... I don't know. This needs to happen. This really needs to happen. Anybody at Palladium, if you're listening... Is, is, is Rex still there? He's. I think he's the only one who listens to us. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if Rex is still there. He hasn't answered any emails that I've sent him, so I imagine he might have left Uh-oh. the company. But I know that uh, we have people who have their ears that listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I've gotten messages from them. And I think that 
because of this, if if you're if you're listening now, people who have the ears of Kevin at them, convince them to do a starter set, or even just tell them that 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 we can do it and we'll send it for approval. Like that won't take much. Oh hell yeah! Like yeah, they could just slap in some art and we'll we'll get the rest. Mm-hmm. So that's my desperate pitch. Speaking of slapped in art, <laughs> I am not a fan of the art in this. I don't know. I could not decipher which artist this was. Because their signature doesn't really look. It, I couldn't tell if it was an H, but it looks like a Z and an I and an L. But th- none of that really matched anything. A... Yeah. yeah. I couldn't figure out who this artist was. He kind of reminds me of that art from, uh, what's his name? Bradshaw, who mm-hmm. was in one of the books. He, uh, he did a lot of the art in Dead Rain, that kind of punk yeah. rock style art. This is what this reminds me of. And, you know... I don't know. It's just a little, this is very 1999. It not only is it look 1999, it's dated 1999. You know, it's funny. What? We've now done seven nights of the dinner table talking about, and we have never mentioned what a horrible fucking art it is. It's, you know, the thing about the nights of the dinner table is that the art doesn't have to be good because yeah. the nights of the dinner table is really just some people sitting around a table telling a story. Mm. The, the the best part of nights at the dinner table is the sheer lunacy of what they yeah. what comes out of their mouths. How do you say uh, page eleven? The artist is that Bray uh, Briox. Uh, page eleven. Yeah. Oh, bro. That's Blaine bro. bro. I think it's bro. That's bro. Pretty sure. Yeah. I like how he and Long are starting to become interchangeable, though. Like oh, their styles yeah. are are really melting into each other's. Yeah. Uh, well, let's actually step ahead a little bit. Okay, so, sorry. Anyway, Nightbane, we've got the setting. You go into the world underneath the beds and the nightmares of kids, and uh, if you Mm -hmm. stay there too long, you'll turn into a goblin. There's a boogeyman. There's a pumpkin king. There we go. That's all you need to know. Uh. (laughs) Oh, and an adventure hook, because they they do a lot of those in this, and that is uh, actually a a good thing. Yeah, so next we have a Palladium role-playing fantasy setting. uh, Not really a setting, Mm -hmm. more of a a small faction that I find very fascinating because they're dragon hunters. And you know, dragon hunters, classic of fantasy, classic trope, dragon slaying mm-hmm. characters. But these are dragon hunters who don't know that they're being ruled by a dragon. <laughs> well, I mean, <sighs> wizards say they're, you know, subtle and quick to anger, but they, they've got nothing on dragons. Yeah. Not just that, but, uh, the powers that this this group gets as they level up, mm-hmm. they get access to these uh, you know magical supernatural powers exclusive to them, are essentially turning them into dragons without them knowing it. And yeah. it's, all of the text of this is wonderful. The steps that the guy is taking, uh, the dragon, the polymorph dragon guy is taking to make sure that the others don't find out. <laughs> yeah, just so he could get these dragon slayers to kill all of his rivals. It's beautiful. I especially like the three color dot matrix art of the Saturday comics that accompanies this. Oh, yeah. By Apollo, once again. Yeah. This is like, this yeah. is like high level Prince Valiant, low level everything else. <laughs> like, it's really, it's really kind of off putting, honestly. I mean, it definitely gives it, it actually looks like it could have been taken out of a Don Bluth movie, like Dragon Slayer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's meh. And of course, you know, then we got a number of hook, line, and sinker style adventure hooks for the the dragon group, dragon hunters, 
actually some pretty cool stuff here. And I really love it when mm-hmm. they include this. It's instant adventure. One thing I really like is what happens next, where they're talking about the different martial arts mm-hmm. for the uh, ninjas and super spies. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff here that is, well, so I didn't read a lot of it. Capoeira. Ooh. Yeah. I'm just so, <laughs> my brain doesn't process ninjas and super spies because their martial arts are so more involved than I'm used to with, you know, roots mm-hmm. where martial arts consist of a skill called martial arts. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I like that they get into some of the other things like, uh, and the, the ways they, they categorize it. Like, uh, Jeet Kune Do is an American thing mm-hmm. because that's where it was developed. Savat kickboxing, fucking Krav Maga. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's some I, I've never even heard of in here. Oh, and... And, of course, pro? there's pro... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You you, you, you earned this. <laughs> Look, <laughs> finally. Finally. I didn't know this was in here, but finally, actual boxing is a martial art. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you can tell the love, too. The fine art of boxing is everywhere in the world. It's very common and incredibly popular. To run over its history and nuances would fill this entire book. So suffice to say, boxing is a European-based art of fisticuffs. Now, like, Jeet Kune Do got, like, this really quick thing, and that was Bruce Lee. <laughs> I mean, somebody really loves boxing at Palladium. I don't know. Jeet Kune Do got a lot of words and a lot of praise about Bruce Lee. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, it. Bruce boxing got more. <laughs> yeah, boxing got more. Yep. I wonder if Kevin's a boxer. I, he, he's got to be. I, you know, he's he's like big through the shoulders. He's kind of got a belly now because he's older. But I I could see him have stepping stepping into the ring when he was younger. I mean, George Foreman's got a belly, but yeah, still I still want to take a punch from him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, Kevin, uh, if you are still a boxer and this is a thing you do, I'd like you to uh, ignore all the possibly unkind things we've <laughs> ever said. Who would win in a fight? Kevin Zambita okay. or Uwe Boll? Who? Uwe Boll. He's a, he's a director of, he did like, let's see, uh, In the Name of the King, the Dungeon, King, Dungeon Siege movie. He did uh, Blood Rain, House of the Dead. He has done a long slew of video game adaptation movies that were so bad solely because he was using them as a tax loop in his country. Um, And he threatens to box anybody who gives a bad review to his movies. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, then, Kevin, obviously, because you can just (laughs) tell he's angry at something. He doesn't like have to come out and be a bully about it. Yeah. That's the guy you got to watch. Watching you, Kevin. <laughs> what I also like, though, specifically, is that then it takes the it, it applies the boxing method to these skills and gives alternate versions of them that are simplified physical skills. So if mm-hmm. you don't want to get down and dirty into each of the martial arts, you can take kickboxing as a physical skill or Tai Chi. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. Or and here's my personal favorite dieting. If you eat correctly and you eat healthy and don't eat whatever the riffs equivalent of of, uh, Cheetos are, you get 1d4 hit points. You get a physical endurance point. That that almost makes sense. You get a plus one saving throw to poisons and toxins. And you get, and this cannot be stressed enough, (laughs) plus one to your hotness, baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, when you uh, make an effort to eat healthy and look good, 
you end up looking good. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, then we get some more martial arts powers, blah, blah, blah. And then we have Chaos Earth. This yeah. might be the first mention of it. Seven? Yeah. I'm best. Yeah. I'm guessing it is because some of this was lifted straight and moved to the new one. Move to the yeah. book. When some of this was completely ditched entirely, such as uh mm-hmm. let's so the Chaos Earth presented here is actually different than the book that we ended up getting. What we see here is an alternate reality. This is not the same cataclysm that started rifts. This is a cataclysm that started 30 minutes earlier. Yeah. Whereas uh, you know, the, the rifts cataclysm just but fuck the planet this was less of a butt fucking so it wasn't as severe it didn't result in that uh you know interdimensional nexus that rift's earth has become yeah yeah this just has a wall of mexico because mexico is entirely vampires yeah it has the mexico vampires it actually there's no mention of anything in here called nema mm. there's all it, it's, it's only very, like two pages yeah it's very different. Yeah, it's 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 like well, three pages, but it's, it just feels like someone is uh, like this was them feeling it out. This yeah. was this was like their the next step from the elevator pitch, mm-hmm. which is good. I like that. Uh, then we have Skellybots. Skellybots. Yes, I love Skellybots. They're one of my favorite disposable villains for rifts. Mm-hmm. And these are pretty cool. They are, uh, you know, you got the pirate Skelepot. <laughs> yeah, this kind of feels like the third gen of G.I. Joe to me, honestly, where they start getting all neon. and. Well, yeah, that's also because they use the new color style, which I was never mm. a big fan of. But yeah. Yeah, you got the pirate Skelebot. You got the human looking Skelebots that don't actually know that they're Skelebots. Yeah. yeah. One thing I really enjoy about this. And I don't think enough companies or even just any any media producer of any type does it quite the same is like this is this is a periodical, right? This is uh, an addendum. This is where we can do corrections and give you bonus data, right? Mm-hmm. There is really no reason for them to do anything artsy with it, but they do. Instead of just giving you like a data sheet with a brief uh, flavor text paragraph at the beginning, this is pages and pages of like this little story about Skelebots. And it's really freaking cool. And I love that they did that. Instead of just like, Skelebots can be found within this range. They are mainly viewed by the coalition. Some people have them uh, as, you know, and just like this real dry thing. And they chose instead to do this this cool little story. And I, I really like that. Then we have the Super Skelebot, which is a buffed up badass version of the Skelebots that can eat people and make more Skelebots. Mm-hmm. Which is how that should be. <laughs> really like that. And again, you get uh, some some adventures to go with it, with, with with these new things. I've often wondered if this is what we were going to do in our campaign. Was it these Skelebots or were they normal Skelebots? No one had ever heard of Skelebots, so I, I wasn't sure. I was What I was planning on doing with the campaign that we never ended up running for this was... Your characters, the story began early. So it really began like right at the beginning of Rifts, the setting mm-hmm. as introduced in the Rifts Butts edition. And in that edition, Skelebots are brand new. Yeah. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was start with something that is 
now considered an iconic villain, but turn it into a new menace and and give it the due horror that I think it deserves. Deserves, yeah. Well, should we talk about England? I hear it's a it's a real nice place. Yeah, isn't that what they say about it? England, nice place to visit. Oh no, wait, what's that? England, a green and unpleasant land. <laughs> Yeah, I honestly, I didn't read much of this. It, uh, there's a, oh, I think this it is the guy who passed. Terrifying typos. Yeah. yeah, there were some really bad typos. And there is a thing that amateur writers do that, you know, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to throw shade on people. So I'm just going to be vague about this uh, because mm-hmm. I'm not a published writer. I mean, I actually, I am. I've published a couple of books, but I'm not a published novelist or but not fictional. Writer. Yeah. That said, I have opinions on something called dialogue attribution. And that is where someone, when someone asks you a question, they're like, hey, what would you like for dinner tonight? She asked. Yeah. Oh, no, they're coming for us. He exclaimed. It's it's when you use the attributive verb exclaim or ask, it's it's kind of amateur, like. You don't have to I can say see it that in like a long conversation yeah. or when you want to add emphasis. But I agree. Like if it's every every uh-huh. sentence. No, that's that's yeah. that's kitty. That's the kitty table. Uh, and that's how this was so like every time yeah. someone spoke, they didn't say they exclaimed or they screamed. But with good yeah. fiction, that show don't tell implied. Yeah. You don't have to say that someone exclaimed when you're clearly reading them exclaiming. So anyway, yeah. sorry to speak ill of the dead. I think this is the guy who passed on. Uh, sorry, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> I just, it, it, this one didn't get me. I couldn't do it. Well, I mean, here's the thing though. There's not a lot of places where people get to do it anymore. Like there's not a lot of magazines that are actually buying fiction anymore. Yeah. Uh, like people, they either self-publish through Amazon or God help them a printer that they sit on a whole bunch of copies of and hopefully get rid of them like i really hope that they all do because even like the really bad books like somebody's spent a lot of time and effort on it Mm -hmm. and i just i i feel that this is like a proving ground like like the magazine format the periodical uh the digest um that's just kind of disappeared and i think writing as a whole is lessened by that i can i can agree with that yeah at least uh at least fictional big gun skeleton robot fiction is lessened by that yes and uh, we have the, more uh, more of the other fiction. We have Hammer of the Forge, mm-hmm. and what else? The the uh, the uh, the the comic. Which one was that? Oh, the comic is uh, fuck. What's the name of the comic? <laughs> I forget. Uh, Machination is of Doom. Yeah, that's right. I have said this a million times, and I'm going to say it a million more. I love Ramon Perez. He is my mm. rifts artist and his style for this comic is so perfect. I, I want, I just want more. I want more and more and more and more and more. And there's only the yeah. one graphic novel, which I split up across the books that are across the rifters. I just want more. I want Ramon Perez in every rifts book. I would really like to see, like, like we said at the very, very beginning, I would love to see more rifts fiction or yeah. it, even not even just rifts. I'd like to see more palladium fiction. There's these such rich lands and and tales and settings with everything you could possibly want and it's it's just it's barren of it and some of the stuff that was out wasn't great so 
I'd, I'd really like to see more. I really truly would. Same. Uh, always. Uh, but yeah. anyway, after that, we've got Hammer of the Forge. We've got more of the comic. We've got more of the siege on Tolkien. And that wraps this book up. Yeah. The art in Siege of Tolkien is significantly better than the rest. Now, remember when I was bitching about Apollo? Yeah. Like way back at the beginning? Well, here's some work on page freaking 102, which is stunning. Yeah. I love like, I like that, that alien. Variety. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's uh, the, the buy now and, and that's about it, right? This is where they wrap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that's that it. was uh, Rifter number seven, <laughs> folks. Well, when we haven't done enough studying, we'll get back to you with eight. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Excuse me for just one second. I have to evict a cat. <laughs> Those are power cords. Let go and I will let you live. That's a fluffy little bastard.